joy. Last night, I actually saw many of you along the streets and some of you were part of the live nativity that became the float in the McKinney Christmas Parade. It was a fun evening. Uh, actually, the kids that helped make the float happen, we got second place in the McKinney Christmas Parade float contest, which was, yeah. And as we were going through the town, we were handing out all these little candy canes you can't throw, or you're not supposed to, and I also learned why last night, because you hit heads when you do that. We were handing out candy canes, and we were also handing out these little flashing rings that were around a little invitation to Christmas Eve in our community and so that was fun but what was so neat for me was getting to get down on eye level with a whole bunch of kids that were between the ages of probably three and eight with this little flashing ring at night that looked like it was almost a Christmas ornament and handing it to them and their eyes being like this big and their smile being bigger than their eyes and watching that happen was just joyful to me <laughs> Elizabeth Larkin who helped serve in our choir uh, said to me after she said Sam I wish I had had a GoPro stuck on my forehead and if you don't a GoPro is like a, a video camera that's small like on my, my forehead so I could go back and replay all those faces that I got to see just grinning ear to ear as we handed them that flashing ring and I thought yeah like that was just it it felt feeling it felt good joy what we saw in their faces is what our word joy has really become in our English language it, it's that emotion and it's seemingly based on what is happening right in front of us at the moment uh, I'm going to show a few pictures maybe to prompt in your life uh, either a feeling of joy something that happened for many of you recently was Thanksgiving Maybe it'll prompt actually the opposite emotion for you looking at this picture. <laughs> mouth wide open. There's another mouth wide open picture that may prompt joy for you. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many of you in, in, enjoyed, you see how we use that word? Enjoyed watching the Rangers win the World Series. Uh, I, I, Y'all don't get enough love in this room, but I'm, I'm going to stay sports just a second longer here. But how many are UT fans right now in the room? You, oh, yeah. We, <laughs> see, look, at you're already getting that UT, yes. Already getting that from the crowd here. I can't believe it. Y'all are in the playoffs. For the, and a lot of my friends that are UT in our church, we do have a lot of them. Those of you that were making that other noise, I understand, but... <laughs> hey, I, maybe, maybe it's not that that prompts... Hey, kids, let, let's talk to kids here for a second. Uh, how many of you have this under the tree in your house or will have it under the tree? Pretty. Do, does seeing the present under the tree bring you joy? That's a <laughs> what, what was said? Uh, yeah, somebody's enjoying that thought right now. 
Maybe for the holidays, though, it actually prompts an opposite emotion for you. Uh, a lot of people during the holiday season, maybe there's brokenness between you and one of your parents, and the holidays amplifies that. Or maybe between you and your spouse, maybe you and a child, a prodigal. And just holiday season, uh, you would describe it with the opposite emotion. What's happening in the holidays brings pain in your life Uh, maybe it's not related to other people Uh, maybe for you it's just this time of year it's darker they say that anxiety is higher they they say that depression is more prevalent during the season and there's something going on in your heart and your life and it just it's painful and you feel that right now maybe you're watching what's happening on the news and let's go overseas so we don't pick on too many people right now (laughs) but what's happening in Israel is tragic right now right the war the pain the brokenness and and that's overshadowing what's not done yet and that's the the war in the Ukraine maybe as you watch what's happening you're experiencing the opposite of joy Here's how Webster's defines joy for us. Joy is the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune. As you look at what's happening right now in your life, would it be defined by well-being, success, or good fortune? Maybe not. Maybe for you, in fact, I would say for many of us, It feels like the opposite. Is there any way that we can find joy when our life doesn't look like well-being, happiness, success, good fortune? I believe there is. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. As you're turning there... Luke, a doctor, is telling us the story of the nativity. But what we're asking you to do this season as we walk through this story that maybe for you is familiar. We're saying it this way so that hopefully it can get stuck in your head. We're asking you, we're challenging you to not just stop with what's familiar to look through the history to the theology of the nativity. What do I mean by that? What is history? History is basically studying what happened and in what order. And many of you here in the room are very familiar with the story of Christmas, what happened and what what order, right? Theology is recognizing Luke wrote these things down for us on purpose because he wanted us to learn about God in a way that would be helpful to us. Theology is who God is and why he matters. So yes, we're going to read the history and then we're going to look through it to the theology. And today, Advent theme for our candle is joy. And before I start reading, we've already noted it's just interesting what, what Luke has chosen to record. Interesting in his story... 
and also in Matthew's. They spend more of their time talking about a group that is outside of the nativity that has a supernatural revelation that there is a king who's been born and then they go to see the king they acknowledge who the king is and then return in Matthew it's wise men and Luke it's who shepherds shepherds so we're going to read today about shepherds we're going to divide up his longer focus on this announcement into two weeks because another advent theme is peace we're going to see both in this announcement as we dig into the theology behind the nativity today joy one last note before I read this was new for me a year ago you may remember me pointing it out because it was exciting for me someone in our church pointed out they had read and then I went and read and I think that this could be defendable and here's here's apparently what would happen in this area at night with sheep the shepherds usually would take them to a pinned area where there would be a watchman who would stay with them in a pen or in a cave but in the time of year where the sheep would give birth to lambs they would take them out in the field at night and the shepherds would be out there with them as they gave birth to lambs Bethlehem right outside of Jerusalem most of the lambs being born would eventually be sacrificed to cover the sin of the people in that interesting context here we go stand with me in order to honor God's Word I'm gonna start by reading again the birth and then move into this announcement of great joy while they were there Bethlehem the time came for her to give birth and she gave birth to her firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear the angel said to them fear not for I behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord and this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying now this was a multitude of voices so I want to ask you to read it with me glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased let's pray I want to invite you if you feel comfortable to your knees if not you can just take a seat there in your chair
God, we want this moment to be a, a moment that, like 2,000 years ago, brings you glory and, and us peace. And I often wrestle with how those go together, but uh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded, right, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That somehow these, these two concepts of you being glorified and us receiving joy, they go together. So God, I, I pray that you would be glorified today as we grow to be more satisfied in you today. I don't, I don't know what was prompted in your mind when you thought about what's happening in your life, uh, whether it's pain or blessing. W would you take just a moment to confess that, that to God, whatever you're thinking about that might prompt for you what you think is joy or not joy just be open with him about that pain and then then ask him to help you see something greater and deeper and then ask the holy spirit to to help this moment happen. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Maybe even words that I don't even know how to say. And that, that, that the Spirit would help me in this moment as I try to teach. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 2,000 years ago, shepherds in a field, an angel shows up. Luke thought recording this history was really important for you and I understanding who God is and how that helps us. So I'm going to start in verse 10. The angel said to them, fear not. It's been said many times, many articles, and maybe in many sermons if you grew up in the church that the most repeated command in scripture is fear not. I read an article this week that combined it with the other most repeated commands in Scripture of things like rejoice or praise or glorify. And it put them together and it talked about how God cares about your emotion and it connected it to what we're going to see in this passage. Fear not, he says. Why? Behold. The word there, behold, we read often in the New Testament. It wants us to pay close attention to what I'm about to say. Behold, look, edu, it's the word. Look, behold, I bring you good news of great, what's the word? Joy. Good news of great joy. The word great, that's right before it, is what we get our word mega from. Maybe if you're a young kid and you're watching a brother getting dedicated today and you've asked for Legos but not the small ones the big ones the big ones are called mega blocks but today as we look at joy we're not talking about little joy we're talking about big joy mega block joy again back to our world's definition of joy Webster's says 
Joy is an emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune. Is there a way, and I believe Scripture teaches over and over again, is there a way for us to find joy when our life is not defined right now? What's happening in the present is not well-being, success, or good fortune. I believe so. But let me just acknowledge something. In order for that to be the case, joy above what is happening today must be based on something or someone that is above what is happening today. Does that, that make sense what I'm saying? I'll say it, read it again. Joy that is above what is happening today must be based on something or someone that is above what is happening today. If you're here today and you are just not into this Jesus thing, we are so glad you're here. If for you it's weird that a room just sung about a baby being born some 2,000 years ago, we've all been there really at one point in our lives. Some of us may have grown up in church and so we don't remember that moment when we were kids and understanding what was going on. But we're so glad you're here today. I just want, to, I want you to acknowledge that if you want to find great internal emotional connection to good that is above what is happening you've got to get connected to something or someone that is above what is happening y'all with me okay back to the text the angels say I bring you good news of great joy good news of great joy what's this good news of great joy well he's going to tell us just walking through it good news one of the things I have to point out for my own heart often because I'm a type a doer religion will give you good advice telling you how you might work your way up to get closer to God Christianity is not primarily good advice it is good news not about how you work your way up to God but about how God came to you through Jesus good news good news good news of great joy that will be what for all the people uh, that's all the people the word their people is actually a word that means Jews but this is foreshadowing in the next verse we're going to see it amplified even more that this gift is being offered to not just the shepherds and so I'm going to keep going so you'll see it verse 11 for unto you the word for we even get this in our English that's the Hati clause in the original language that's this is having I'm having fun I'm digging in right now trying to look past just the history to the theology what this word is telling you is he is about to right right now he's about to tell you the reason for the great joy another way of saying it he's going to tell us the content of the good news that brings great joy okay so for unto you unto who all people all 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 just the 
the Jews? No, not just the Jews. For all people, the Bible tells us the New Testament expands on it. Kids, I know we had someone comment on the presence under the tree. When you see a present under the tree, kids, what is the first thing you do with the present? Oh, well, uh, that's what I want to do, yeah. If it's not yet Christmas morning, you're not supposed to do that. However, I do know of a few people who have done that. But, yeah, you want to shake it, but you go over to it and you, you look for the tag, right? Because you want to see who the present's from or who the present's to. You want to know who it's to so that you know if it's for you or for someone else, right? Uh, there's, there's a Garfield comic strip that I don't have to show you today, but I remember I loved Garfield growing up. Where Garfield, he's over under the tree and he's, he's shaking a present. Someone said shake it. He's shaking a present. There's, his eyes are big and there's this big smile on his face. It's like it's going rattle, rattle, rattle. He's like, I hope this is for me. And then it goes crack, tinkle, tinkle, and his eyes go like, he's like, I hope it's for Odie. And he puts it, he puts it to the side. We, <laughs> the present under the tree excites us. It brings us, again, our world's view of what joy is when we find out it's for us. And if you find out it's for you and it's from someone who's really good at giving gifts, maybe someone who's got the ability to give good gifts, maybe someone who actually knows what you really need and want as a gift, it makes you really excited, doesn't it? The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people unto you. Unto you. Okay, there's a tag on the present. What is the present? Is born this day in the city of David. What, a nativity? A nativity? God, in order to bring great joy to you, gave you, students, parents, grandparents, a gift. As I was thinking about this, I actually thought about nativity. I actually will say, the angel will say, this will be a sign for you. And I thought, what would it be like, I haven't done this in our house, what would it be like to on your nativity in your house to put one of your present tags on it and say to Ellie, Anna, Rebecca, and Sam from God. This is, this is what the angel is saying. There's a gift to you. It's a nativity. What? What? Unto you is born this day in the city of David. We've already spent several weeks talking about this. But I want to point out now these three titles for Jesus. Only verse in the New Testament where all three are used. There's a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And I want you today, I want you to, to hear for the first time or maybe be reminded of what that nativity gift really means. The first word there, Savior, and I don't think we talk enough about this. That first word, Savior, actually implies bad news. 
if I need saving, what's been happening in my life is not good, right? Uh, the, the Bible tells us the Old Testament was clear when it was pointing even to the coming Messiah that the people of Israel had rebelled against God and they needed a new king to come. The New Testament goes on to express that it wasn't just the people of Israel doing that. David wrote about it. Paul affirms that all of us have rebelled against God. <laughs> That's not good. God is the author of life and the source of joy. And so, so if I've rebelled against God, I've turned my way instead of his way, and he's perfect, I'm not, there's, there's something that, that separates me from God, and that's my sin. And how, how can my sin be removed? Well, the Bible had promised Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah. Old Testament, over and over and over, that there would be a king who would be born in Bethlehem, in the line of David, to a virgin, who would reign forever. He would be God, Christ the Lord, literally God with us that's the good news there's a real kingdom a real king his name is Jesus the Christ the son of God and in his love by his grace undeserved favor he was born he lived a perfect life died for our sin all those lambs that were being born around the shepherds that day were just temporarily covering sin. God came to die to forever take away the separation between you and I, the author of life and the source of joy. Died for our sin, rose again, and he's coming back. We just sang about it. Like a bride waiting for our groom. We'll be a church waiting for you. So we get to in response to the gift, repent, believe, follow Jesus to be part of that kingdom now and forever. Now, you may have heard that before. Why? That's the message of Christmas. You might think, Sam, okay, I've heard this. This is not new. How does that help me? Well, what's happening in my heart and in my life? Okay, so I'm going to try now the rest of our time to just push towards what do you do about this okay so looking past the history to the theology this is good news of great joy that's being announced how do I find it well we've already acknowledged okay happiness depends on happenings I'll say it that way what's happening in your life right now is leading to maybe an emotion that you're having on a surface level there's a deeper one that God wants to offer you happiness depends on happenings joy depends on Jesus and I want to talk about this for a minute what does that mean joy depends on Jesus the good news of great joy that that the angels were announcing was about this nativity Jesus being born what does it mean to depend on Jesus how can you and I move our focus from just what's happening whether it's good or bad to something that's deeper and better do you know that joy is not the absence of suffering? Joy, I've heard it said, is the presence of Jesus. It's, it's you getting your eyes on Jesus. It's a 
fruit of the Spirit, the New Testament tells us, when people are living their life in line with Jesus, their eyes are on Jesus, and the the Lord Jesus Christ is being glorified in and through you. You're living and loving like Jesus. What happens? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's not the absence of bad things happening. It's not. This week when I was thinking, how am I going to to just communicate this? Okay, so if that's the case, we'll depend on Jesus. All right, amen. Y'all can go. What does that look like? One of the leaders in our church reached out to me, and and, uh, we had been actually messaging back and forth because this person has been going through a lot of pain and is not present with us right now. When I say a lot of pain, several years of chronic, significant physical pain and the doctors not being able to diagnose what's going on. Uh, This person losing their job earlier this fall and then traveling to the city where the headquarters is for their job to tie up loose ends and while they were there seeing their parents and while they were there, their father taking a major downturn, going the other direction. Like if you look at life, what's happening, it looks like it's falling apart. And in that email, as I was checking in, they said these words, not knowing what I was preaching on this week. Joy and suffering go hand in hand. These days are just the most beautiful and holy of days. And I read those words and I thought, I mean, the word joy like jumped out of the page because I'm trying to teach on it this week. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, I want to teach people how to do that. So some of you in the room have gotten these emails from me. So I, teach, I emailed back and I was like, hey, help me understand how you can get joy and suffering. Because I'm going to try to teach on the joy that God gave us through Jesus and How do those things go together? And they sent a beautiful, beautiful email response. I'm sharing with permission. But in the email, I can't read all of it. They wrote the words of Jesus in John chapter 15. Where Jesus is teaching his disciples to abide in him or remain in him. Y'all might remember this passage. And Jesus says in John chapter 15 verse 11, I have told you this so that... My what? Joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Wait a minute, what's happening right now? He's about to go die on the cross. And then this person in our church family said, I suppose it's simple. Remain in Jesus. Goes on to talk about abide in Jesus. Jesus, not knowing that the point in the sermon was already to depend on Jesus. She was teaching me what this looks like. Goes on to say, intimacy is often found with Jesus in the times of the deepest pain. I don't, some of you in the room here have felt that in your own life. You've seen almost what the the famous footprint poem kind of says when you look back on the season of great pain 
And as you look back, you see that Jesus was walking with you in that time. Intimacy, she says, is found there. I have, I have only had to remain in him. As, as she wrote those words, uh, I was reminded, I didn't, wasn't even planning to share this passage today, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews t- 12 challenges and even commands followers of Christ to depend on Jesus. It says it this way, fix your eyes on Jesus. That's what it says. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And then it goes on to say that the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Son of God. What? Like Jesus, even in the midst of what's happening, being painful, he had joy by getting his eyes up. And I believe, on some level, was thinking about you. The joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. What does it look like? Well, through this season of Advent on purpose, okay? I'm walking over here now to the candles. Uh, kids, y'all know we gave y'all the, the Advent block, not gave, an, <clears throat> I overstated that. You could have purchased the Advent blocks in the children's building. But we've encouraged you to do Advent as a family or if not a family, individually. Why? Because we want to create a ritual for you? No. We want to invite you to fix your eyes on Jesus, to depend on Jesus individually and as a family. The Bible reading plan that we've been walking through today, actually, if you were reading in the Bible reading plan, we were in Revelation and we read the Hallelujah Chorus in the Bible reading plan today. Why do we encourage the church into a Bible reading plan? Because If you look at studies of people who are following Jesus and experiencing the joy of Jesus, the number one thing, the reveal study, 250,000 Christians, the number one thing that prompted in their life this was reading and reflecting on Scripture. So if if you're not in the Bible reading plan and you want to reach out, you can text the word Bible to our 96123, and we're going to be starting a new one in January. Why? And we want to depend on Jesus. We want you to get your eyes off of just what's happening onto the gift that he has given us. And I I want to share with you a little bit about how that happened for me as we close. Just over a week ago, knowing I was going to be teaching in a week on joy, I was in our Bible reading plan. By the way, uh, we we don't want you to read the Bible. Uh, Our discipleship groups are, are relational, right? We want you to read and reflect on Scripture, but we, we, we want you to do it in the context of relationships, not alone. If you've been in a D group and you've been trained, think about who you might invite in with you to read Scripture next year. So, uh, I got, last week I got a yes and a no for my next group. I've got, now it's almost that I'm excited about what's happening. As I was reading and reflecting on Scripture... I was reminded of what I'm trying to teach today. And I'll put it on the screen one more time. The theology of the nativity. Happiness depends on happenings. Joy depends on Jesus. Listen in 1 Peter chapter 1. What maybe many of you read with me. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus 
Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, in this you what? Rejoice. Rejoice because things are happening that are good in your life? No, it's going to say the opposite. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of who? Of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, who? Jesus, you love him. Jesus, though you do not see him, Jesus, you believe in him, Jesus, and you rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The theology of the nativity, happiness, <laughs> That's what, was it, what's happening in your life, bad or good? Joy is much deeper. It's much better. It's much greater. And joy was given to us in a nativity some 2,000 years ago in the Son of God. His name is Jesus. So I want you to bow your heads with me. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to ask God, God, what does it look like for me this week to depend on Jesus? What is it that needs to adjust in your life so that that your eyes are focused on the theology of the nativity. Is it, is it listening to worship music first thing in the morning? Is, is it before you check social media, you, you listen to his word? What, what is it that you can adjust to fix your eyes on Jesus? And God, I pray for those that are in pain right now. God, help them see the closeness that, that you are offering. Help them find the joy that really can only be found in Jesus. Thank you for joining us today for Worship Online. If you're in our area, we want to invite you to come to physically connect to your local church. We would love to help you to live and love like Jesus alongside of others who are doing the same. If you're from outside of our area, can I challenge you to find a local church in your area that's going to preach the Bible and exalt Jesus? Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.